Podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Aaron. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. This month for Halloween, we're featuring old-time radio ghost stories. And I have chosen this week an episode of Lights Out called A Knock at the Door. Lights Out was created in Chicago by writer Willis Cooper in 1934, and the first series of shows ran on a local NBC station, WENR. In January 1935, the show was discontinued in order to ease Cooper's workload, but was brought back by popular demand a few weeks later. Cooper stayed on the program until June 1936, when another Chicago writer, Arch Obler, took over. Around the time that Obler was writing for Lights Out, he was invited to Hollywood to write sketches for the Lucky Strike-sponsored Your Hollywood Parade. Obler caused controversy with a script contribution to the December 12, 1937 edition of the Chase and Sanborn Hour. In Obler's sketch, host Don Amici and guest Mae West portrayed a slightly bawdy Adam and Eve, satirizing the biblical tale of the Garden of Eden. That sketch and a subsequent routine featuring West trading suggestive quips with Edgar Bergen's dummy Charlie McCarthy caused a furor that resulted in West being banned from broadcasting and from being mentioned at all on NBC programming for 15 years. Uh, The names of the actors are not given in this particular episode, which is a shame, particularly for this episode. But it's a safe bet it's not Mae West. And now, A Knock at the Door, originally aired December 15th, 1942. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. Ironized Yeast presents Light Out, everybody. It is later than you think. Lights Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you, calmly but sincerely, to turn off your radio now. My name, Arch Overland. Tonight, another in our series of tales of the weird and the unusual. I I plead with all mothers-in-law who listen to tonight's story not to send me poison pen letters. Fact of the matter is, I like mothers-in-law. I'm really not responsible for what happens in the uh, twisted brains of my characters, am I? But first, before we start, Frank Martin has a word for you. And now, lights out. Everybody. Afraid to die. 
Who isn't? When I was just a kid, I used to wake up in the night and see the dark pressing all around me. And I'd get so scared, I'd think I was dead, buried. I'd try to scream. I couldn't. My voice, I'd know I was dead. I'd know it. I'd throw off the cover. I'd cry out, Mother, Mother! Oh, why? Why did I yell out like that? Why should I be scared now? I want to die. I've got to die. It's cold here in the basement. I wonder if the grave is cold. Why don't I get it over with? The rope's around my neck. One step off the ladder and I'll hang and die. And I gotta die. I gotta die. The wages of sin are death. The wages of sin are death. Funny how I seem to hear the words the way my father used to say them. The wages of sin. But was it sin? No. It was hate. I killed her because I hated her. I remember the first time we met. Jay had just married me. And we were walking along the street to his house. Oh, Ella, you'll like my ma. Really, you will. Well, I... Sure, she's swell. Best woman in the world. Is she? Well, I mean... Well, you're my wife now. Ella, that proves what I think of you, don't it? I guess it does. Oh, you and Ma'll get along fine. <laughs> Will this be a surprise to her? Well, here's the house. What do you think of it? Well, it's all right. Yeah. Well, in we go. <laughs> Will Ma's eyes pop when she sees you? <laughs> pop right out, I'll bet you. Come on, Ma, open up. Got a surprise for you. Jay, where have you been, son? Where? Oh, surprise, eh, Ma? Meet Ella. Jay, you've brought home a woman. When she said it that way, right from that minute I knew I hated her. And that's the way it was from then on. I wasn't Jay's wife to her, but a woman. Stranger in her house. And it was her house and everything in it. Nothing Jay's, everything hers. Ma... Can I use your car to take Ella riding? Ma, mind if Ella plant some roses in your garden? Ma, is it all right if Ella uses... That's the way it was. Hers, hers, everything hers. All I had was Jay, and he wasn't much. You can't blame me, you hear me? You can't blame me for not standing it. All my life I'd had nothing, and at last I was married, and I still had nothing. Her house, her car, her money, her son, I couldn't stand it, I tell you. I keep hearing Pa's words in my head. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to do it. It's just that I want to sit here on top of a ladder and think and talk about everything for a little while. It's the last chance I'll get. Oh, like I said, I killed her. Oh, not right away. I stood it for weeks and months. But all the time inside of me, something was talking. Kill her. Everything will be yours. First off, like, and then louder and louder until my head was filled with it. Louder and louder until I couldn't stand it no more. Louder and louder until I said, yes, I'll do it. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, everything would be mine, then. Everything. I always wanted it that way. It had to be that way. Here in this basement, that's where it happened. Jay went to work. I came down here. Oh, it wasn't very hard to do what I had to do. I remember every minute of it so well. Every minute. I called it. And she came down into the basement. You called me, Ella? Yes, I called you. What's the matter? Somebody took the lid off the sewer down here. Land sakes alive. Now, who could have done that? Heavy iron cover like that. Jay wouldn't have done it. Is it deep down there? Of course it's deep. Paint a sewer anyway. Covers an old well this building was built over. Oh. What are you owing about? Heard my son Jay tell you the same thing weeks ago. Yes, he did tell me. Funny, I forgot. Oh, look. What? Down in the well. Look. I... I don't see nothing. What? It's your well, isn't it, Mama? Your well. Everything is yours, so stay in it. Stay in it, Mama. Stay in it. Your well, Mama. But everything else is mine now. Everything mine, mine. <sighs> That's the way it was. Easy. Too easy. Jay came home. He said... Say, Ella, where's Ma? I don't know. She wasn't here when I got back from the store. Must have gone out. Oh. Well, she'll be back. Leave it to Ma. But she didn't come back. How could she? Jay went to the police. They came around. They asked questions. They went away. And nothing happened. It was as easy as that. Oh, why do I keep hearing that in my head? Why? I'm going to die. Rope around my neck. Just a little bit longer talking. Just a little. She... She was gone. And I had her house and her son. And then I didn't want him. I tell you, he made me sick just to look at him. Mama. Mama. I wanted to forget, forget. And then, one day, I got an idea. There was more room under that iron lid in the basement, wasn't there? That was it? Yes, that was it. Got free of her, now I get free of him. Sell the house, quick, get away, away, far away. Yeah, that was it, a free woman. With my looks and all that money, oh, would I have a time. I planned everything told the neighbors Jay was going on a trip. I said Jade wrote me to sell the place and join him out of town. I tell you, it was perfect. He came home that night. The night I was going to let him join his mama. Anybody home? I'm always home. Oh, <laughs> you said that just like mama used to. Did I? Say, that reminds me. I got a new detective agency working on the case. They think that maybe she lost her memory somehow. You know, like you're all about... right, all right. What, Ella? Sit down and eat your supper. You want it to get cold? Oh, I don't see why you don't want to talk about finding Mama. After Sit all. Sit down and eat your supper. You'll find your Mama. You think so, Ella? Sure. Oh, say, that's good hearing you say that. Finding my ma, that's something I'd sure like to see. He sat down to eat. 
I made him a good supper. Why not? His last supper. And then it happened. We were sitting there eating when there was a knocking at the door. Now, who can that be? How should I know? Get up and answer it. Yeah. Peddler, I'll bet you. Nobody here. Then shut the door and come on back and finish your supper. That's funny. I heard knocking plain, didn't you? That kid's playing jokes. Go on, eat. I want you to help me fix something in the basement. Fix what? You'll see. Finish your eating first. Okay. Those crazy kids. Why? Nah, nah, sit where you are. I'll go and... Come away. Wait for what? Listen. That knocking... How funny it sounds. Those kids. But it's from the basement door. No. Well, I better go see. No. Jay, don't open that door. Don't, I tell you. Don't see why not. Somebody knocking. I gotta see. Jay, leave the door closed. What's the matter with you? Gotta open it. Gotta see. No, Jay. (gasps) No. No. Mama. Mama. Ladies and gentlemen, this moment when the dead have returned is certainly a fit one to loosen your grip on that chair and take a deep breath and slow up your pulse beat. And now back to Lights Out. Ella goes on with her story. The story of the return from death of the woman... She had murdered. Yeah. It was her, all right. There she was. Eyes glittering. Dirty gray old hair plastered wet around her face. Standing there. I could see her with my own eyes. And yet she was dead, I tell you, dead. Jay didn't know that, no. He took that dead thing by the arm, and he led her into the room. And he sat her down in a chair. Oh, oh, Mama, Mama, you did come back. I knew you would. We both knew it, didn't we, Ella? Now tell us, Mama, where you been. Why'd you go? Yeah, why come back this funny way? The back way up the basement steps. Why, Mama? Uh, 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 Mama, you're uh, sick. Uh, uh, Oh, Ella, look, she's dripping wet. Ella, quick, take her upstairs and put her to bed. Yeah, and maybe you'd better sleep with her tonight. Keep her warm. Ella? Why are you looking so funny? Ella! Ma! Ella fainted. Why did she faint? Why? Sure, I fainted. Me sleep with that. Me keep that warm. Oh, no. I didn't wake up until next morning. Jay was leaving for work. He told me she was sleeping in her room to take good care of her when she woke up. And he went away, happy as Mama was back. When he was gone, I sat down there in the kitchen and waited. It got on to five. Soon he'd be coming home. I had to know. (laughs) 
tell you I had to. I went upstairs. To her room. I opened the door. Nobody there. I tell you, nobody there. The bed not even slept in. She'd never been there, never. I dreamed it. Jay dreamed it. She wasn't there. She hadn't come back. But I had to be sure. I went down in the basement. I pried up that old iron lid. There was the open well. I lit a lantern and held it in the black hole. I looked in. She was there. Floating in the water like a big fat... Oh. But she was still there. Well, that's all that mattered. I, I piled things over the lid to hold it down. An old trunk, boxes, heavy things. That's what I did. Jay came home after a while. He said, How's Mama? I said, All right. He said, Call her down to dinner, will you? I said, Yeah, sure. Oh, oh. yeah, that's what I said. I knew Mama was all right where she was. We sat down to dinner. He kept talking about her. How funny it was that she still was sleeping. How funny it was the way she came back. But all the time I was laughing inside myself because I knew what had happened was just a strange dream we both had had. Because she was dead. Dead and floating. We sat there eating. I felt good. A bad dream ended. For this night, Jay would join his mama. Women... Yeah. And then, just like the night before, it happened. Say, now who in the world's that? And, and it's the basement door again. Now what in the... Mama! You! <coughs> yeah. I screamed... What good was that? There she was again. The water dripping down off her face and clothes and puddling on the floor. And this time I knew it was no dream. She came into the room. She sat down on a chair. Jay talking, talking all the time. He didn't see the way I saw that her face was... Started to thunder. Jay said... Oh, Mama, Mama, you should never have sneaked out on a night like this. Not a bed with you. In the morning, I'll call the doctor. Ella, you take Mama upstairs to bed. And this time, be sure you sleep with her. You know how scared she is of thunder. Go on now. She's soaked to the skin. I just sat there. I tell you, I couldn't move. Thinking of going upstairs with her, being in the same room with her, it froze me to my chair. And Jay said, No, no, come to think of it, I'll go fetch the doctor right now. Can't take any more chances. Ella, you take Mama right upstairs and put her to bed. Lie down with her. Keep her warm till I get back with Doc Williams. And he was gone. Gone after the doctor. I sat there, the flesh on me crawling. The doctor'd come, and he'd see that she was dead, dead a long time. He'd be sure to see it the way I saw it, dead, and, and the water had... Uh... How long we sat there looking at each other, I don't know. And then her lips moved, 
And it was like a cold wind. And I said to put me to bed. That's what she said. My son said to put me to bed. And then I understood the whole thing. She'd come back from the dead to keep me from killing him. And, and she wanted me along upstairs to... No, no, I wouldn't do it. I sat there without moving. Her lips moved again. He said to keep me warm. Come upstairs, Ella, to keep me warm. Me keeping that dead thing warm. The wet, cold, dripping skin against... No, I wouldn't do it. She thought she'd make me crazy that way. Hold me in her bony arms until the sense in me ran out the way the well water was running out of her. Make me crazy. <laughs> Something to be locked away like they locked my own mother away. Crazy, crazy. Oh, no. No, that wouldn't happen to me. She wouldn't make me crazy, not me. I got to my feet. I turned quick before she could stop me. The basement door. I locked it behind me. I ran down the basement steps. Oh, I knew how to cheat her. The sure way, the only way. Oh, that's why I'm down here now. The rope around my neck. The other end tied to the cross beam. I'll jump off this ladder. The rope will stretch. I'll be dead. Dead. And she'll never get me crazy. Still thundering. If I make noises, I choke. Nobody will hear me. And I'll die. And I'll never see her again. Why don't I do it now? There ain't much time. Jay and the doctor will be coming back. I gotta be dead then. Good and dead or they'll find out the truth about her. Why don't I do it now? Why don't I do it? Because I'm afraid. Afraid of dying. That's... That's why I've been talking here in the dark. Because I'm afraid. Oh, it... It'll be so dark. Empty. Things will go on in the world and... I'll have nothing but the dark. Why should I die? Yeah, why should I? If I left this house, she, she wouldn't follow me, would she? That's all she wants, the house, her Jay. Well, she can have him. I'll go. I'll go right away. Far away. They'll never find me. Never. Oh, the rope. It's so tight around my neck. Oh, I, I, I gotta get it off. I gotta hurry and get away before Jay and the duck. I can't get the rope off. Who? Who's there? Who's coming down the steps? Is that you, Jay? Oh, you. You follow me down. How could you? I locked the door. Oh, but then I put that iron lid over you, too, didn't I? And it didn't do much good. Oh, listen. Listen, I'll go away. You hear me? I'll go away. This will be your house and everything in it. Hear me all yours again. And, and Jay, I'll leave him, too. I won't take anything with me. I'll just go right away. Get, get the rope off. I'll go. You'll see me go. Oh, it made the noose so tight. 
hide. I can't seem to... Mrs. Kroger, what are you going to do? Well, you're not going to climb up the ladder. Oh, no. No, stay off. Stay off, I tell you. Don't come closer. I can't stand you coming closer. Stay away, the ladder. The ladder will fall. The rope is still around my neck if I fall off. No. 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 You you won't make me die. I've got hold of the rope with my hand. I won't choke this way. My arms are strong. I can hold on to the rope above my head for a long time. Jay will be home right away. He'll get me down. I'll live. I will, and you'll still be dead. Dead. I'll, I'll tell them that you fell in the well. They'll believe me. They'll believe me. Well, say something. Say something. I, I know you're standing down there watching me. You, you're waiting, waiting for my arms to get tired, so I'll let go. But I won't let go. I won't. I won't. Jay will be home. Can't let go. I can't. I gotta live. I gotta live. Oh, my arms. Oh, I'm so tired. I gotta hold on. I gotta hold on. Or the noose. The noose. Oh, cramping arm. Jay. Jay. I gotta cramp my. I can't hold on anymore. Jay! I wouldn't have killed you. Jay! I can't hold on. Jay! who need more vitamin B and iron. Tell us, yes, about the return of the dead, whether or not I believe that the dead could return to avenge an evil. Frank, have you ever heard of Charles Fort? No, I haven't. Well, Charles Hoy Fort was born in 1874 and died in New York in 1932. The unusual, the supernormal, the supernatural fascinated him, just as one man might collect uh, postage stamps. Charles Fort, for 20 or 30 years, collected records of phenomena which dogmatic science couldn't explain, strange murders and so forth. I suggest that, therefore, that any of you who think that this is the only possible world spend a very pleasant weekend reading these records in Mr. Fort's work, The Book of the Damned. The best possible answer to the ghost question is, who knows? And now what about next week, Mr. Obler? Well, next week a story of suspense, which is, I believe, quite different from anything you've ever heard before. Have you ever watched a shooting star streak across the sky and suddenly have a feeling of almost terror? But, well, all that's next week. 
Lights Out will come to you again next Tuesday at the same time. Be sure to listen to Arch Obler's weird story of the thing out of interstellar space. And if you need more vitamin B and iron, be sure to try Ironized Yeast, the one and only Ironized Yeast, with the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet. Do you intend to be well-dressed next year? Then take good care of the clothes you now own because there's a shortage in many clothing materials. And to help get the best wear from your present clothes, keep them free of grease spots with Energene cleaning fluid. Grease spots are the favorite feeding place of moths all year round. Grease spots also make your clothes look worn, run down, old before their time. But with Energene, you can remove those grease spots easily, neatly, efficiently. To help care for your clothes, get Energene cleaning fluid tomorrow. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. That was Lights Out and the episode A Knock at the Door here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. And this month is October, and we celebrate Halloween every year on this podcast by oh, some kind of focus. And this month, it's about ghosts, and so we have plenty of ghost stories coming your way this month. And this is the first of them that was chosen by me. And if you uh, listen to this podcast uh, before this, you know that we do not discuss these at all before we sit down and start recording. So I have no idea what these two gentlemen thought of it. So here we go. (laughs) I'll put this out there. I picked this for a reason. Sometimes we pick things just to watch everybody squirm and go, oh my God, why did you make me listen to that? I picked this because... After I was done listening to it, my mouth was open. I enjoyed it uh, and was mortified by it. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, start with Tim. There is a lot to say about this. Jumping to the end is, I really loved this episode, but there was a lot of push-pull. This is very much an Arch Obler's kind of style. Mm -hmm. These are, at least on the surface, characters that are pretty unsophisticated, but I, I'm using air quotes around that because this main character, Ella, I think is fascinating in how much backstory they put into her and how mm-hmm. much inner life there seems to be in her, even for being such a plain-speaking character. Mm-hmm. When she's talking about her family, her mom went crazy and her dad is preaching to her and she called out her mom uh, when she thought she was dying as a kid and all this is just not very much an Archobar style story of having mm-hmm. all that kind of backstory. If you just describe what happens, it's the Banquo scene from Macbeth, busting out a literary reference. <laughs> uh, the, the dinner scene. Uh, only her goofy husband can see the ghost, too. There's just so much going on that there is part of me intellectually goes, oh, it's just Arch Elber doing his Arch Elber thing. And then the actual part of me that enjoys things really, really enjoyed it. Right. Yeah, I think it's a pretty fantastic little ghost story. I agree with everything that Tim said there's a lot going on under the surface where usually Arch Obler is a lot about style over substance and I don't even mean that in a judgmental way I think mm-hmm. that's what's great about him but here there's a lot to unpack I yes. mean there's it's a really twisted little exploration of guilt and family dysfunction all mm-hmm. wrapped up in a great big mother-in-law joke just to, <laughs> just to make it extra fun <laughs> well he points it out at the top yeah, please no yeah. poison pen letters from mother-in-laws I think he knew there was some pointed mother-in-law joke yeah. in there maybe even something personal with Arch. <laughs> <laughs> this thing starts out hot. And what I mean by that is 
right away, she's in a basement trying to kill herself. And, and, and we and don't we, know why. And we don't know why, but we're out of the gates. There isn't a long setup to get us somewhere where we're like, wow. There's no question about what's at stake here. Yeah. He just dives right in. Hits the ground running. Yeah. But again, in that sort of un-Arch way that she says that, that she's describing she's afraid, she just wants to sit here and talk a while before she hangs herself, mm-hmm. which is such a weird insight into a character. Well, there are a lot of ways to narrate a story, what, where the narrative is coming from, who it's aimed at. I might be wrong, but I cannot recall anything being done like this. And what I mean by that is this narrative isn't to an audience. It isn't a journal entry. It isn't... Uh, an actor's soliloquy. This is someone who is standing on a chair waiting to kill themselves and is literally talking out loud to themselves, justifying their actions from before and justifying her own suicide Mm -hmm. to herself. This is an out loud conversation with herself. That narrative. She is narrating to the audience and it's not, it's not presented in a way you would think it to yourself. However, because it feels like, Mm-hmm. What she would be thinking to herself, right. we accept it. It's not. It's not that. truthful that way. Yeah. Like we wouldn't talk like that. It's in those emotionally moments. truthful. But it is emotionally truthful, and it's a really cool way to get that narrative across. For mm-hmm. me, that I was riveted by this entire time. She's standing on a stool. She even says to herself many times, "Just do it. Just come on. Here we go. Let's do it." And I wrote. I'm sure we know somehow, and there are people that know a lot about suicides. And, <laughs> studied it or whatever. I don't know anything about it. And I'm wondering how many people who do it, how long of a conversation is there, either in their head or out loud? And how do you push yourself over that edge? And what is that conversation? Or is there none? Is it just, if you get to that point, there is none. You know, So it's really psychologically interesting to me. Yeah. Is so that is, how it works is what I'm asking? This is what I we don't call know. the day a cry for help. This whole episode yeah, is essentially right. her going, here I am. And she's saying it should be easier than this. Mm-hmm. Everything has gone terribly wrong, but it's very clear from the beginning that she doesn't want to do it. Yeah. It's her trying to talk herself into killing herself. And also justifying that she's going to kill herself and also justifying, like I said before, killing her mother-in-law. There's a lot of, she had it coming. And mm-hmm. I think it's just really a fascinating way to tell mm-hmm. this story. And as Tim said, you know, as we jump to the end, whoo. That's a death scene, boy. Wow, that that's, yeah, that's our chobler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's some cynical part of me that goes, like, I'm writing my story, I'm writing my story, and I'm at the climax, I'm at the end, and oh, I've still got like eight more pages to write. Well, let's drag this out. <laughs> uh, called Mind Revolt of the Worms. <laughs> right. Before that. right. That's a lot of dying, and then she's not done, and then there's more. Right. <laughs> there's a great moment in this where. She's pushed off the ladder by the ghost mother-in-law, which is my new uh, band name, (laughs) and where uh, you hear that momentary choke, and then I thought, oh, she died quick, and then she starts telling you, I'm holding the rope above my head, and I was like, wow, and the visualization of that, and then that excruciating two minutes of her starting strong, and I can do this, and as it slips away, that is... So horrifying and grotesque to listen to, but this is horror, so yay, good job. And it is the the stark contrast to what you were just talking about of, I'm afraid, do this, I'm going to kill myself, and this Mm -hmm. and this, and then when it's like, I'm going to live, I'm going to work so hard to live, I'm going to leave, I'll do whatever I need to. Yeah. And it's too late then. That regret at that moment is also mortifying. Yeah. Should have worked out more. Need some (laughs) upper body strength. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I love the performance of the woman. And uh, like, Ella, we, yeah. We don't know the actors' names. There is a stable of actors that Obler used a lot, uh, but they're, they're not mentioned. And that sucks because I would like to be able to give credit and I don't recognize voices. The guy playing the husband, mm-hmm. uh, Jay. I had a hard time with that yeah. choice at first, but it won oh. me over for a very specific really? reason. Really? Oh, me too, yeah. At first, I really didn't get why Ober was going there, or the actor or whatever combination of director and actor made the choice. I'm every second I expect him to go, tell me about the rabbits, George. Right. <laughs> exactly. It, it was very over the top, and I was like, well, why does he have to have a really low IQ to justify having an unhealthy relationship with his mother? Because uh, I think we've mm. all met someone like that, and it doesn't seem related to that to me. I'm like, what the heck? And really, it's for the scene where his mom comes back and yeah. he doesn't get that she's dead. Yeah. You needed to have him not be all there mentally for that to work. And it is, to me, hands down, the best scene and the most horrific scene in this story is him not realizing she's dead and him telling her to go, go sleep, sleep with, with her, her, to keep yes. her warm. Yeah, yes. And it has this vaguely sexual connotation. Yeah. It has this horrible guilt association. Yeah. And at that moment, I went, yes, that was <laughs> worth puzzling over to get to this. That's why you made that choice. I think he still didn't need to be quite as over the top. Weird but... question at the top, too. Of like He's so close to his mom, lives with her. And yet just shows up with the wife one day unexpectedly. Yeah. That's yeah. a weird relationship. And yeah. she was not happy. There are a lot of logic questions to get to the setup, but the setup is so good I forgive them. For a woman who clearly suffered from deprivation as a child and her motivation to kill her mother-in-law is that she had so little her whole life and she still doesn't have anything. Everything belongs to her, 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 her. And it's like, well, then why did you marry an idiot who lives with his mother if you were out for like material <laughs> mm-hmm. goods? So there's... And presumably like in a day or two. Yeah, <laughs> there seems to be mm-hmm. a little lack of explanation there. Um, she also mentions how good looking she is with yeah. my looks. So yeah, there is, why are you in this situation with what is obviously being portrayed to us as a loser. Yeah, at the same or, time... And not a bright human. We could easily believe that she is an unreliable narrator mm. standing on a yes. ladder with a noose around point. her neck. Good um, point. And yeah, the yeah. contradictory nature of her story right, could right. be intentional on Obler's part. That She claims she has all these options and all these desires, but really she immediately settled for the first guy who was interested in her. Yeah. I think that it's very believable in the setup and very well done that because he is adult and obviously not experienced in worldly things, he's probably been protected by his mother. She's probably very aware of his failings. Vulnerabilities, yes. Vulnerabilities, yes. And he needs to be protected. And she let him out of her sight for a few minutes, and he came home with a woman. (laughs) And she's like, no, no, no. Uh, My son shouldn't be with you. Causing that rift between the mother-in-law and the Mm daughter-in-law. You know, I think you're right, though, that it would have helped if there was money involved or something where... She's obviously trying to get something else. I think that would have helped slightly. Yeah, and I'm even saying it needed more plot, maybe a line or two explaining the circumstances of their initial marriage. Mm-hmm. However, as soon as I said that, there, there is a part of me that likes it as a question mark, as in, mm-hmm. yeah, I do. Oh, is what she's saying even true? When she says with her looks, she could go places, and the reality is, 
if she survives all this, she's going to end up in a very similar situation again. Oh, yeah. The line <laughs> of, you sounded just like mama. Yeah. yeah. That's something that family dysfunction, this idea that it cycles around. And it, right. you end up becoming the very thing you hate. The guy, Jay, sounds a lot like Lon Chaney Jr. <laughs> in Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. He played it very much like adult and a really odd uh, choice by Lon Chaney Jr. And it's so similar. It's so similar that I thought, is this Lon Chaney Jr.? It sounds <laughs> is this guy just... a werewolf? Right. <laughs> it sounds just like him. It could be a cultural stereotype of what a simpleton sounded like mm-hmm. in movies and in books of that era, which is why I thought of, of Mice and Men. And they did that in the Warner Brothers cartoons, too. Every dumb character talked like that. Which way did he go, George? You remember those from the Bugs Bunny cartoons? But as you were saying about, it became clear to you why Obler made the choice to make him like that. Mm -hmm. Because there was a plot point. In Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, I don't understand why he's stupid. (laughs) It made me crazy. But that's a whole other thing. Yes, you say that throughout much of your experiences in life. I don't understand why he's stupid. Other things. Um, the end. I'm sorry. You just transitioned into your own point, and I'm stealing yes. it. Um, <laughs> yes. Other things. My side. Those closing little bits of foley of the iron lid and the water. Mm-hmm. I loved that to bits. Of story, 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 and back to the well. Yeah. Sploosh. Okay, so here's a question, and I might be ruining this for listeners and everybody. In my head, I see what happened. All right. And then I thought, oh, I wonder if it's not that. Here's what happened in my head. The ghost mm-hmm. moves the cover and jumps back into the well. That was how yeah. I took it as well. Okay, That's how I interpreted it. Because I started to think, oh, is she putting her into the well? Ghosts generally don't have to cover up their crimes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like covering it up. What if I you meant... go to ghost jail? <laughs> now, now you have to live have in to get here. get a ghost lawyer. <laughs> Come up with ghost bail. <laughs> I thought it was like a revenge thing, you know, like, oh, maybe it's that, but good. I'll end up on ghost dateline. <laughs> <laughs> with that guy that does look like a ghost. Oh, but what happened next? <laughs> Did she go into the well? And the knocking on the door was very suspenseful and hair raising and it's me... just wall to wall great. Uh, old radio yeah, moments yeah. for both sound and performance. And these uh, moments are they're like old chestnuts of ghost stories, but it's just done so well. And mm. Like, it came out of the basement. Yeah, of course, and that's where the murder happened. But it's really good. I really yeah. liked it. I like the fact that she, the mother-in-law, is very talkative in life in the sense of she has a lot to say, but when she comes back, she can barely speak, and that's uh, mm-hmm. grotesque as well. Oh, the sounds she the makes sounds uh, she when makes. she first comes up are mm-hmm. really uncomfortable (laughs) and again i like that she did not come back from the dead until her son's life was in jeopardy Mm -hmm. so ella brought this on herself twice Mm -hmm. there's an intimation that had she just lived happily ever after with jay that his mother may have rested in peace and she goes away and the next day she's like oh it must have been a dream i'm gonna get back to killing jay (laughs) (laughs) knock 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 That's what I mean by, like, there's a lot to unpack. And yeah, I think it's characters interesting. characters, it seems so one level. They've all got a lot going on. Also, there's moments that it's, not only is the performance by the woman, I think, phenomenal. Her slow descent and, not a slow descent, she's already there, you know, but the, the, the retelling of it. I think it's just a fantastic performance. But the writing for her has these gorgeous moments of writing. 
the way the well water was running out of her. Yeah. Ah. Mm. It's just such vivid and fantastic uh, writing itself. And then there's the old lady's laugh before she goes into yes, the well, yes. which is a wonderful <laughs> moment. Because it's small. It's not a big no. witch cackle. It's just sort of a contented chuckle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Killed my daughter-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> And it's interesting, the absent figure in all this is a father. We don't know what happened uh, to Jay's father. He's just out of the picture. Um, And we just get these mysterious hints of Ella's father. The wages of sin are death, so it makes you think, oh, is it a Mm -hmm. pastor of some kind? Or did he somehow sense this from the beginning in her? He was legitimately some role in her mother being institutionalized? Because then you have this question, too, where we hear a male voice come in and say the wages of sin are death. And then later we hear another male voice, and it's hard to tell whether it's the same, go, kill her. Yeah. Kill her. Is that her father? <laughs> it adds this other possible level of complexity uh, to her backstory, which is really impressive. Which that totally could be like, ah, oh, we didn't get a guy for this other role. Ah, oh, we'll just have the same guy do it. Yep. It's rare uh, in anything, let alone old-time radio, where I actually jump out of my seat maybe metaphorically, but maybe literally, I jumped when she screamed when he opened the door the second time and she Mm. was there and she screamed. And I went, oh. (laughs) And then I started to applaud in my bed. Like, oh, good job. You got me to wake my wife up with a big giant (laughs) gasp. Before we wrap up stuff, one last thought. The book that Obler talks about at the end by Charles Fort, The Book of the Damned, I had a moment where I went, ooh, I bet you Tim and maybe Joshua, but Tim for sure is like, oh, I got to read that book. That's gonna be... And then I thought, oh, I bet you that's a really famous thing already. Is it well known in the circles of horror or? It is a well-known obscure book. Oh. <laughs> Do you own it? Did you read it? No, I've, I've never read it. So I went and read about it. Ah, nice. I didn't read it. It's, by the way, 400 pages. <laughs> uh, but I read some synopsis. There's a lot of really cool stuff yeah, in there that he yeah. delves into in the sense of, I now have six pages of notes for future writing stories. Because he <laughs> investigates all of these different these weird, weird things that happen and what he thinks they meant or what could have caused them. And there's a lot of them. Dover, England, uh, the night after a big snowfall and all the hoof marks all over the snow that they never solved for 40 miles. And they still believe that it was Satan walking around in the snow. And, <laughs> and I went, I don't care if that's real or not. Thank you for the premise to something I'm going to write. <laughs> I, I'm sure if you read through it, you would find a lot of Obler's uh, oh, sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Hidden in there, too. Well, that's why he's giving him yeah. credit at the end, yeah. probably. Ooh, thanks for that idea. That's a good one. Well, and then there's the ship, I can't remember, that didn't have a crew, and it was one of uh, Conan Doyle's first short stories that he ever wrote about... The Flying Dutchman? Yeah, or the no, Mary Celeste? The Mary uh, Celeste. Okay. It's a crazy name for the bo- uh, the short story, too. It's an uh, interview with a guy that was an engineer on the ship of... Uh, it's a, <laughs> Of death. Of death. <laughs> but anyway, Doyle. fascinating rabbit hole stuff. So he mentions that at the end. Next thing you know, I'm looking up Charles Ford. Next thing you know, I'm reading Book of the Dam. Next thing you know, I'm reading... The greatest stuff. And next thing you know, I'm not ready for today's podcast. (laughs) And he's starting a cult. (laughs) (laughs) It's really interesting, though. Well, all right, let's go to the vote, Tim. Well, this might be a shock, but I'm going to say this is a classic. Mm -hmm. 
like I say, there is part of me that steps back objectively and goes like, well, just for the plot, it's sort of straightforward, and but just the, it's so well executed and mm-hmm. so much more under the hood. I love it, and it's a classic. Yeah, I would consider it a classic, too. It does a lot in a very short amount of time. It also works on multiple levels, so you can listen to this if you just want to scary ghost story yeah and you'd be really happy yeah but if you want to listen to it again and pick things apart mm-hmm. there are layers and themes to find in here and you won't be disappointed either yeah you don't want something that's super dense and pretentious on the surface because then it's no fun <laughs> uh, but you want to be able to go back to it if you're in in the mood for that or if you're joshua right some layers into it <laughs> that may or may not be there <laughs> Have you uh, heard this one before? Did I bring something new to you? No, I've heard this one before. Uh, Sorry. I didn't do that. (laughs) How about you? Yes, the new to me. Yay, good. Joshua. (laughs) I know everything. Uh, Yeah, I came across it by accident. I'd never heard it before. Uh, I was listening to it for other reasons, and I immediately emailed the two of you and said, "Uh, next time I get to pick one, here it is. I love it. A lot. It has every single thing that I love, and I am really happy. Uh, yeah, like you to say, be that mortified. These performers are fantastic, and mm-hmm. it is Arch Obler at his best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If any listener out there knows the actor who played Ella, I would love to know because I think right? she does a phenomenal job. We didn't mention when she kills her mother-in-law too. That performance where she's yelling at her, yeah, oh yeah. everything's oh, yeah. mine, and yeah. it is just so angry and hateful, yelling down a well. Yeah. <laughs> There are some websites where this is listed where there is a ask for, do you know who these actors are? Mm-hmm. Nobody had responded. So. This is the 42 version, but there was an earlier lost version. And I don't know that's a different performer too. Um, I read somewhere that was originally just called Mother-in-Law, mm. which I think in Knock of the Door is a better title. <laughs> <laughs> Mother-in-Law is a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, tell them things. Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com. That is the website that is the home to this podcast. You'll find other episodes there, as well as information about our live shows. It's also a great way to get a hold of us. Uh, you can, from there, find our Facebook page, our Instagram, our Twitter account. There's a contact page, or you can just leave comments on any individual episode. Yeah, and uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash themorals and support this podcast. Uh, we've got a lot of excellent rewards for different levels of membership. So just go over and check it out. Even if you're not going to become a member, we've got some fun stuff on the site, and you can just poke around. Also, we'd love it if you wrote an iTunes review, because we like those too. And finally, I'd like to give a shout out to our friends over at uh, the Breaking Walls podcast. Um, Their most recent episode is called The Simple Art of Macabre, Mystery, Suspense, and Horror from Radio's Best. And it's a great documentary on the history of horror radio. So listeners to our podcast would find it terribly interesting. So go to wallbreakers.com and check that out. All right, we continue our October uh, Halloween prep. Ghostorama. Ghostorama. But ghost stories for Halloween this October, uh, and the next one was chosen by Tim. Yes, next time we're going to be revisiting uh, BBC's Fear on Four, a much more modern series with an episode called Tapping. Until then, look out! Lon Chaney Jr. in <laughs> Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. There's a curse upon me. I change into a wolf. See that scar? That's where I was bitten by a wolf. Only it wasn't a real wolf. It was a man. 
A werewolf. The guy, Jay. Hey, now who in the world's that? And then it's the basement door again. Now what in the... Mama! You! 